0: This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSENG.
2: Okay, so Lombardi line on a Friday here on v the Sports Betting Network. Hope you're having a good day. Michael Lombardi on assignment. He'll be back tomorrow for the Lombardi line, of course, college football Saturday as we get into these bowls, and then a week 14 Sunday edition of the Lombardi line coming up on Sunday in his stead. Mike Pritchard is here, thrilled to be, and you know, let's carry over a conversation, Pritch, before we get back into the NFL. We were having with Wes Reynolds, and more than ever, this year with the coaching carousel, and you could talk about your experience at Allegiant Stadium with the Pack 12 championship. And then also with kids sitting out lesser bowl games. Now, when you and I were growing up, the Rose bowl, wasn't a lesser bowl game, but let's focus on this one mm-hmm. here. Uh, Rose bowl with a Utah team. That's on a heater. And Whittingham is a hell of a coach. Why his name isn't mentioned more. I don't know, uh, but we should get into this because that's a team that's dealt with a tons of adversity, as you know, off the field in oh, yeah. Utah. And this is an Ohio state team that has a ton of pros. And we don't know who's going to play and who's going to sit. If they were in the final, Final four, the assumption was most would play. But here you go, Utah, Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Number opened Ohio State seven and has come down off that key number down to
1: six and a half, Bridge. Well, just the fact that this matchup in this bowl uh, is going to be more to Utah, certainly, than Ohio State. Now, Ohio State's got a young quarterback that is electric. I mean, yes. he is incredible, Stroud. Uh, his weapons out there on the field, right. That's what you have to keep an eye on. Well, those guys are going to go pro or not. But I, I think... Ohio State will be ready for the challenge of Utah. Uh, Utah traveled very, very well to the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, came tell right. them about what you told me during the break. <laughs> 80-20 inside the Legion Think Stadium. Think about easily, that. Easily. 80-20 in right. Oregon.
2: That's a huge fan base. Sure so
1: it is. It was all Utah. They were outnumbered. Um, they came south from uh, on I-15 from Salt Lake. Sure. Uh, and droves. Now, winning a Pac-12 championship, uh, having their roots be in the Mountain West Conference. I mean, this is everything to Salt Lake and and to that program, to this university in particular, too, off the field uh, and everything that's transpired with the program there. So uh, a lot of emotion on that side uh, of of the Utes uh, and a fan base that is ready for this environment, Pasadena, Rose Bowl. Now, Ohio State, we know Ohio State. You know, they, their designs is a playoffs or bust, right? And they didn't make that. So uh, a very, very talented team, though. Dave's going to have his hands full uh, getting these guys to play to the level that they need to play to match Utah. You mentioned Whittingham, incredible yeah, coach. He, he will have those kids ready to run through a wall for this football game.
2: Yeah, it, it's it'll it'll just be fascinating, as far as Wilson and Olave mm-hmm. and who who decides they are going to play. Um, it, it, I mean, those are the three best wideouts in college. Sure. You can you could say. I mean, you go down to Alabama and take a look at some. But those are the three best wideouts in football on one team. We mm-hmm. just don't know. In something else, you said. Now I want to circle back on some of the coaching changes because we'll get into the bowl game. Obviously, uh, Oregon. It, there. if you dig deep into the message boards and follow most of the local reporters on Twitter, you could tell something was up with Cristobal going into that Pac-12 championship game. And if you knew the motivation was going to be lacking, because you told
1: me during the break, right. that Oregon sideline was dead. They're, they were dead. Uh, you know, Certainly, I, You know, what's said before a game from coaches to address rumors, you just never know. Uh, but everybody, all the kids are on social media. They see things, they read things, they hear things. And, uh, and, and you knew that one of your key players was going to make a business decision Anyway, Timber, yeah. though he was going to make a business decision. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that filters to a locker room. Uh, and, okay, we can win a Pac-12 championship, sh- sh- certainly. But we wanted to go to the college football player. The expectations for Utah and Oregon were completely, completely different. different. Yeah, that's a great completely point. Completely different. And, and so there you have is, to measure that. And we're talking about kids, though, too. And so there is that letdown, that natural letdown. Or, or kids just don't know how to handle that type of disappointment. And be abandoned, uh, potentially. Sure, and be abandoned. And so, Cristobal, to me, I mean, he was going to go. And, and that's what the discussion was with the group that I was with, is this guy's gone. Even though he hasn't said anything, and even though uh, Miami hasn't fired their coach yet, yeah. uh, he's still gone, though. And one of the things I want to highlight, too, for betters, if you can do it, find out who these coaches and their agents are. Because there, are so, there is so much behind-the-scenes workings. Interworkings with agents in schools and universities that you can kind of track this stuff or kind of, I don't know, not predict, but it'll help you understand where this is leading or where this is going. <laughs> well, they all, you just told me they all have the same agent, Mel, <laughs> Mel Tucker reset the coaching
2: market. Everybody did. owes Mel. We probably owe Mel Tucker when John Goulet gets paid by <laughs> Vista next time he owes him because Mel Tucker set, reset the market. On everything. Yeah, Franklin. But 95 uh, mil. Kelly. Franklin got less than Mel um, Tucker. I mean, it's sure, incredible. but it's
1: incredible, though, that you can set the market like that. And, and uh, you know, now there's discussion that National Football League coaches might be attracted to go back to college. It's where the cash it, is. It's where the cash is. But also you get the security talking about 10-year contracts. The only coach that I can remember or recall in National Football League getting a contract like that was John Gruden. A ten-year yep, contract a with point. the Raiders.
2: Ten years, a hundred million. Now you mentioned Oregon, so kind of in a lame duck, a waiting position for their head coach. So, it, I, I'm a, my assumption would be the locker room may be a little scattered. Conversely, they're going to be playing Oklahoma. Oklahoma's mm-hmm. laying what four and a half. Venables is there. They right. just got the OC coming up from Mississippi. These kids are—they're they're essentially auditioning for Venables.
1: Yeah, they are. And, and, and one thing I want to highlight is my freshman year. We were bowl eligible, did not go to a bowl because we were changing offense. And Coach Mack wanted us to focus on spring ball. So we didn't even go to a bowl, even though we were bowl eligible. Uh, we changed the offense and then we went to the Freedom Bowl. The Freedom Bowl, my sophomore year, we enjoyed it. We played BYU, we lost 20 to 17, but we were in Southern California, our recruiting footprint. Now, if you look at eventables in, in Oklahoma, in this situation, a lot of transfers already. Uh, I would not be surprised if he not only tries to find out what kind of players he wants to have setting up for spring ball or do they just treat this as a vacation? Let's get ready and get focused for spring football.
2: What's your assumption? I
1: think they're going to uh, treat this as a vacation and, and okay, get ready for spring football.
2: That's exactly what I needed to hear from you. Uh, your freshman year, you were preparing for a bowl game, Pritch. I was slamming Red Bulls and <laughs> Let's. Hey, But quickly, yeah. Pittsburgh and Michigan State. So the pick, picket, this, this is a huge mm-hmm. move. Uh, Pittsburgh was laying four. It's flipped. Michigan State's now a point and a half. There's no way Pickett's going to play. I, it hasn't been confirmed. He lost Whipple retired then two seconds later he joined frost and lincoln um so again a couple things one pickett could go number one it's either going to be him or corral as far as the first quarterback off the board my assumption pritch you you don't want to
1: play there's there's too much to lose by playing in this football game for pickett there is uh, a lot to lose i mean we saw people like christian mccaffrey opt out and, and and i remember that the word was is he wasn't going to go past the Broncos in the first round. I can't, can't remember what number they they had that year, but he wasn't even going to last that long. Uh, the people were surprised. So he made the business decision not to play, and and you see that. I mean, if you're a quarterback and if you're a uh, why are you going to play in this game? Seriously. yeah. Why even risk it? So you're uh, okay with it? I am. I, I am because I, I think with NILs, some other player is going to have a chance to boost their profile. Mm-hmm. And as a better, I'm going to look for that. Like, if Pickett doesn't play, okay, who's the young player that's going to be playing and stepping in? uh, And maybe they understand that NIL can really get me paid here or help my situation as the starting quarterback for Pitt. Uh, and, And so, NIL, I think, is going to. Uh, enhance the bowl experience for some players to be honest with you like some guys are going to make the business decision to leave I think some key players that's going to get an opportunity will make that decision to spotlight themselves in a bowl game
2: I say it all the time when it comes to college football and basketball for a better And this is very important follow the blogs that the kids run the students run Mm -hmm. at the universities like USC those are those kids are dialed in They're, they're contemporaries with the other kids like sometimes these blogs that are run by the student body and you know them if you're if you're an alum at a school they got the inside information you know what i mean oh, of yeah. who's playing oh, who's yeah. motivated by the way a business decision is what you call it I, Mm-hmm. I actually almost didn't show up today a business decision when I heard I was working with you but I, I decided to post <laughs> I'm glad you showed up <laughs> I'm glad you Me showed too. Up. I'm uh, <laughs> let's let's transition here back to the NFL and we want to talk about that NFC East matchup so McCarthy's pretty confident and I loved what Santos told us about what Rivera said coming back at McCarthy we'll get into that it's an eight and four Dallas team a six and six Washington team on a heater and it started with the win over Tampa at home remember mm-hmm. four games ago so here we go this is i <laughs> Uh, a division that's been cut to two. That's the lead right now for Dallas, and these two teams are going to play two times in the next three weeks as everybody gets into division play here. You see the number right now: the Cowboys laying four and a half. That is off the opener of five and a total of
1: forty-seven and a half. Prister, there's a hell of a lot on the line here. There is, uh, and the Cowboys uh, looking for confidence. I think that's why McCarthy came out and did what he did. Uh, said we're going to win this game. He senses this inside the building uh, that, from a confidence standpoint, Cowboys are not where they need to be. I think in the trenches as well. They haven't shown up uh, in the way that they need to show up. Uh, Now, a lot of moving parts on the offensive line. We've seen that all year long. Defensive line too, some moving parts because of injuries. Uh, But when you look at the Cowboys uh, and their inability to run the football the the way that they want to uh, consistently, that's an issue to me. Now, everybody says Pollard, 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 but Pollard's now got a foot injury. He's not even practicing. I don't think if he's going to practice this week. It's a game time decision, That's I believe. Yes. Right. On top of Zeke Elliott being banged up too, we know he's not Zeke Elliott of old, even though he hasn't been in the league that long. Right. But yet you can see the wear and tear on his body, and then the offensive issues. You know, and uh, can Dak Prescott bail out this offense? I think he's got the weapons to do that. But you're one dimensional now. And you're one dimensional a team, against a team that knows you very well. Now, from a matchup standpoint, I don't think the football team can match up to what the Cowboys have, but they're playing a, a style of defense that's going to make you execute. Yeah, uh, And that's the change that Del Rio has made. Like, we're, we're not going to get after the pasture that we thought we originally was going to have that ability with uh, Sweat and then certainly with Chase Young out. Uh, but our back end, can we be creative enough to kind of slow a team down and tighten up in a red zone? We're seeing a lot more defense uh, in the league uh, have that type of game plan. It's been a quite a turnaround for this Washington
2: defense, it has. who's terrible on third downs of getting off the field, but they've been a little bit better. And you mentioned without sweat, it's almost like this galvanization without sweating young on the edge. They become more fundamental. Mm-hmm. I don't know because they're stopping the run better they're it's weird.
1: in the middle. They're stopping the run and they're creating situational football. And, and so for a defensive minded coach, that's an advantage. if you can and create those situations out there.
2: Okay, which way is Pritch leaning? When we come back, we'll give you his play on Dallas and Washington. Also stay in division AFC. Go with the Browns and Ravens. Coming up next here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM, it's Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You're listening to the
2: Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi.
0: Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, it is the v Bowl bull betting guide. It's almost here. It's coming out Monday, December 13th. It's only $19.99. And analysis on every bowl game insights trends data predictions it's ridiculous not uh, honestly it's an investment that it would be foolhearted not to make under 20 bucks to kind of have it with you through the 40 plus bowl games. v slash subscribe. Again, it's the v college football bowl betting guide at v slash subscribe. Michael Lombardi will be back tomorrow as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. Hope you're having a great Friday. I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is Mike Pritchard. And we were just talking. We're going to go in division NFC, then we're going to go AFC. Uh, we were just talking about Dallas and Washington. Mm-hmm. So this has Dallas open five It's four and a half now, and you have McCarthy, which you just cleared up kind of, Noticing maybe something was missing as far as motivation, saying we're going to win this game. Rivera came back and was like, look, he's making it about him. We don't need to do that here. We've won four straight. Uh, Washington's at home catching four and a half. Do you have a lean here,
1: Pritch? I do. Um, you know, I'm inclined to take the points uh, with Washington, uh, but also looking at maybe a teaser situation. Uh, and, and You'll he, go he, up it, to six and a half, go up to ten and a half. Sure, absolutely. I mean, one, it's a divisional game. Two, uh, the Cowboys are not themselves. Uh, they're not that offensive. That we saw Thursday night to start the season, uh, certainly they can be that though. They're capable of doing that, but they haven't demonstrated that, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, even the Showtime game uh, against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they didn't show up that way. They're bipolar, man. (laughs) They kind of are. They kind of are, but I think that's what McCarthy senses. Maybe a lack of confidence, too, and you have some key injuries. I mean, defensively for the Cowboys, too, uh, against lesser offensive lines, in my opinion, the Raiders and the Saints, the defensive line allowed uh, 143 yards rushing. Uh, against the Raiders and then against the Saints, 153 yards rushing yeah. uh, there. So, uh, d- defensively, Dallas, we know that they get turnovers. But Heineke, was prone to be a gunslinger, but also is an excellent game manager, and the run that he is on—you mentioned a heater. Who's on a bigger heater than this guy? Yeah, Heineke. So he—he's he, making—he's going to be a 10-year backup or a starter, right? Because he's right. like he's really played well. He has uh, controlled, but yet he can be a gunslinger when they need and he can run be. a little bit too. and he can run. He's an athlete. He's scrappy. Uh, and for a guy like that in this locker room, uh, it's a good mix for Washington as they get back into the picture. Now, I don't think they'll get the upset. You know, that's why maybe a little more room for myself from a, from a betting standpoint uh, with the teaser situation. A
2: couple things. One, Antonio Gibson's turning into a stud. They're mm-hmm. relying heavily on the run. Mm-hmm. As you've noticed, there's been Scott Turner has, made a concerted effort to go run heavy and the importance of although they won without him I'll be curious to see if JD McKissick returns. Now, Landon Collins and McKissick did return to practice. Okay. But McKissick's in that concussion protocol. So I'm not positive he's going to be cleared. We'll have to wait and see.
1: But McKissick's that little change of pace out of the back. Four. Oh, he's excellent, too. And so for me, the complementary football aspect of this, when you have Washington that's slowing down offenses, the way that they're playing yep. defensively, uh, and preventing scores, maybe field goals, it allows you to develop a running game. Because a lot of times we see that in the National Football League where teams get away for the run because they feel like uh, they have to panic and throw the football all Mm -hmm. over the field. But you really don't when you play complimentary football. I mean, Bill Belichick's doing that right now with the Patriots. No pressure on Mac Jones because their defense is holding them in games and they can still implement their game plan.
2: The best example of that, Pritch, was Washington in primetime against Seattle, Mm -hmm. where they kept getting off the field on third down, Washington's defense, which they've had struggles with this year, and they just wore down that Seattle front and that Seattle defense by running the football, picking up first downs, and just, it's like attrition, you know, just wore them down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couple, One thing on Pritch's uh, tease, if he does go up, just for new betters, the importance, if you take the four and a half up to ten and a half, you're going through those key numbers, you're going through six, you're going through seven, and you're going through ten, so that's important. Always remember to try to get through those key numbers when teasing. Now. We go to, it's a bit of a scheduling anomaly. Mm -hmm. I I find this, I find this Cleveland and uh, Baltimore game fascinating because the Ravens are playing a second straight divisional game. Remember they went to a divisional road game. They went to Pittsburgh. Now they go to Cleveland, Cleveland coming off the bye. This is a fascinating matchup, of course, because they just played prior to Cleveland's buy, and we'll get into the number here, and I want, I'm curious to get your take. Baltimore-Cleveland, this one opened Cleveland one and a half, up to the key betting number when betting the NFL, up to three here, Pritch.
1: Right, like, you know, I'll go back and I'll watch the tape and I'll watch the games and see how they matched up the first time around, um, if we have that evidence, and, and certainly we kind of have that, but, you know, this is... They know each other so, so well, Patrick, both of these teams, the players all over the place, right? And uh, I think the dynamic of Baker going for a new contract, we don't know which direction that's going to go in. We kind of have an idea which direction the Ravens are going to go in with um, Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson has not played well at the quarterback position. He's still a playmaker, but yet he's not a pocket passer consistently. What like do you that, see? Like, what would you? What do you? What would you like them to do differently with him? Well, one, give him more responsibility uh, of the line of scrimmage. If if you're really going to try to turn him into a pocket passer, then let him understand and, and help you out with uh, protection. Yeah. Where's my problems? What am I? What where am I? Where's the danger? Uh, what do I need to do with a, a certain pattern, or do I check out of this play and get to another play? If you really want Lamar Jackson to turn into that, then let him turn into yeah. that. But he missed training camp because of COVID, uh, a big portion of it. And then he had the illness certainly during the week. So his progress uh, is not where it needs to be. Sacks are up. 37 sacks already. Uh, a lot. Imagine of it, a lesser mobile quarterback behind that offensive front too. Well into the 40s, right? Yeah. Well into the 40s, but his ability uh, prevents that and certainly leads to big plays at times. And, and we get dazzled by that. His interceptions are up uh, from the pocket. So right. the thing about Lamar Jackson, his evolution, which we're witnessing there's a lot of bumps right now. Now, the finished product, I think he'll get there because the guy is immensely talented. Yes. But along the way, maybe an opportunity for Cleveland here, uh, they just have to get back to who they were last year. I don't know. It might be too late for that. Defensively, Joe Woods is coming around and understanding his personnel a little bit better. Uh, not up to par, in my opinion, though. But but Baker is the wild card in this one because if if, if the Ravens can find a way, to slow down the running game, which teams have done now Baker Mayfield, you got to make plays. And for that guy to be a playmaking quarterback, it's been a challenge so far. It has. And
2: a 16, 10 win. You see that low total 43. I'll get you the weather, a 16 to 10 win two weeks ago in Baltimore. I'm going to give you a name. That's going to be an issue for Baltimore. And it's, their own player. It's Marlon Humphrey. Sure. Being out. I mean, he's they out. they are more but they've been banged up this year. It's mm-hmm. been a miraculous Harbaugh can coach. I, I know people get frustrated with Harbaugh, but he can coach. And he Humphrey's out. This is a rivalry, although the rivalry uh the Ravens have won twenty three of the last 27. This <laughs> rivalry, right, so, right. So it's not but but they're banged up the, the Ravens as sure. well headed catching their catch and Their culture
1: is so much better than the Browns though. Uh oh, yeah. Harbaugh and what he's created. Okay. The expectations look I mean uh the Browns are scrambling In my opinion, and lack of identity too, lack of leadership. Uh, Baker is not that guy. That the the players are following in the locker room. He's not, Uh, and it's very evident of that too. Now he can win him over, and that's the beauty of our game. Baker has a chance to win him over if they can get the win, laying two and a half here against Ravens at home. So Cleveland is one and
2: six ATS in their last seven. Matt Santos, they're zero and three ATS their last three. This is, I'm not laying three with Cleveland. I mean, yeah. if I may stay away from it, um, back to your point. And by the way, Stefanski, which is wild because you kind of thought of as a wonder kid right now. He's one in eight ATS in division games mm-hmm. uh, as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. So that's something to take note of your thoughts on now. You gave me your, your, your Lamar thoughts. I love the way you said that because it's almost like people say he has the ball in his hands too much, but you're saying, no,
1: give him more responsibility at the line of scrimmage. Right, because the, the fact of the matter, Patrick, is the fact that Lamar Jackson, he will throw the ball to a lesser athlete. Than himself mm-hmm. he will hand the ball off to a lesser athlete and so always <laughs> how do you do that right how do you deal with that knowing that okay I want the ball in my ultimate playmaking uh, ability on the field in that's Jackson yeah. but yet he's got to distribute the football so I, I think they do need to give him more um, more responsibility Uh, and allow him to become that natural playmaker. Look, if I can't throw the football, I go through progression, okay, I know I can certainly run with it. We've seen him do that. We've seen him uh, make plays late in games to help the Ravens win too, but that's depending on the defense holding them in those games. They haven't scored more than 17 points since October 10th, that Mm -hmm. being the
2: Browns. So they picked up, which is obvious, they picked up the fifth-year option on Baker, but they're Mm going to have a decision to make. What is the Mike Pritchard decision on Baker? Baker.
1: Well, I the fifth year option. I, I think you either try to put, trade him if somebody wants to take on that, or you just play through it. So and, you're and out on the, Baker with Cleveland, yes. Yeah, with Cleveland, yes, because I, I don't think he'll ever win over that locker room. Now if we'll see with this game, though.
2: I'm starting, to, but if he can't. Be successful coming off that run like they have, Mm -hmm. like meaning literally the run and the play action. I don't know if he's going to be a starter somewhere else.
1: Well, there's air raid offenses, which that's his offense when he was in college. And and certainly Stefanski's not doing that out there in Cleveland. No, he's a West Coast guy. The question is, can you get the edges? He is the athleticism, which was there in college. It's mitigated a little bit for Baker and the pros, obviously. Right. When you have an air raid system, though, like a Patrick Mahomes, think that. Think Colin Murray. Think that kind of system. That's where Baker wants to be. That's where he's most comfortable. Are you comfortable laying three with the Browns? No. Not I
2: me mean, either. <laughs> no, that was quick. That was a quick response. Uh, I'll take the organization and I'll take Lamar and I'll fade Baker and the Browns. Coming up next, your partner, our buddy Josh Applebaum, is going to join us next here with a market update. It is vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on vSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Sign
2: up for a PlayCard Debit MasterCard, Matt, and get paid faster than a paper check with direct Deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard. This is simple. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply. Subject to card activi- activation and ID verification. Terms and conditions? Apply card issues by MetaBank, NAA member, FDIC. Okay, we got you back here on the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi on assignment. He's doing some public speaking, which makes me nervous, but hopefully it's going well for the big guy. He'll be back tomorrow here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard in his stead. I'm Patrick Maher, of course, and this is Josh Applebaum. Uh, Josh Applebaum with the market report here. Market Insights is the pod, vston.com slash podcast. The book is the everything guide to sports betting. He looks sharp today. He's got the big goofy grin on his face. I want (laughs) you to wipe that grin off your face because you see I stole your partner today. (laughs) I know I was going to say,
4: Pritch, the hardest working man in show business, second only to Patrick. Patrick, Patrick, you better get my guy uh, a yellow Gatorade and a granola bar because we got to run this back at three o'clock. So get ready, Pritch.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll get him a five-hour energy. I'll take two and a half of it. Uh, I was just saying though during the break because you've always told me how much you love working with Pritch. We're having fun, man. This is a good time.
4: No, it's awesome. I told you. And Pritch, by the way, don't let Patrick, uh, you know, goad you into some of these these soccer plays unless you're ready, because he'll no. get you sweating you two a.m. Like, uh, oh yeah, I have my limits. <laughs> I have my we're, limits. We're, we're betting
2: rope <laughs> Josh. I. I texted you this morning and and thank you for sending me the information. But last night was an interesting spot in the NBA because three games, obviously a light night on Thursdays, but four of the six teams playing were on the second half of a back to back. You dug into these back to back numbers a little bit. and Let me hear about your findings.
4: Yeah. So Patrick and, and Pritch and, you know, I love seeing you guys together, by the way, jealous, honestly, don't start, don't start to get jealous. Yeah. I can't
2: deal with it. Don't get clean. <laughs> I can't
4: help it. My two, of my favorite people there. So uh, I would say Patrick, you know, we've seen just historically with these back-to-back situations, like if you dial back, 10 years ago, betting uh, on NBA, it was an automatic second leg of a back-to-back bet against those teams. But really over time, and really specifically, I would say the last maybe five, three, five years, something like that, we've seen a big turn. We're actually betting on these back-to-back teams has been profitable. It's kind of an overreaction here where the public they'll jump on and they'll, they'll hear about a trend that's doing very well. And then the odds makers will adjust and you kind of lose that value there. So what's interesting here this year, Patrick is, you know, uh, with kind of this trend losing a little bit of, of its edge, a weird thing is it's actually done pretty well this year, betting against these back-to-back teams. Hmm. It's kind of a small sample size and it's still early in the season. So maybe as we get deeper into the year and load management comes into play and, you know, you're, you're a little bit more tired, maybe it becomes a little bit more pronounced or kind of goes back to aggression. But uh, if you look at just very simple, uh, t- NBA teams playing a team that's on the second leg of a back-to-back—it's actually been profitable this year. 69 and 57 against the spread, 55% overall. Your your return on investment is around 5%, and you would have one match tonight if you want to play this system. It'll be OKC. Now we all know OKC—they lost by a million points. Uh, you know, a week ago. And we always think of them as, you know, a lottery team that's terrible, but they actually have a line move in their favor. The Lakers played last night. They're now going to OKC. Lakers actually opened as a six-point favorite on the road. And now the line is down to five, even though you have about 70% of bets sweating the Lakers here. So again, these back-to-backs, it was great to bet fade them. Then it was good to bet on them. Now it's good to fade them again. So it's gone back and forth, but this would match with the Thunder tonight betting against the Lakers and who played yesterday.
2: That, that's a great, The way I love the way you tied it in, Josh. And just to reiterate for new bettors, when I was growing when I was coming up, we used to go uh, pay and collect at the Ford plant, and this this old grizzled better used to tell me all the time, "I don't even look, kid." I was like, what do you mean?" He said, "I don't even look when a, when an NBA team's on the second half of back to back, you just fade them. And Josh, as you've done a great job pointing out on the network, last year we started to see a little regret like back to the mean as far as the it wasn't necessarily as profitable. So just to reiterate, we're looking at about fifty five percent fading those teams on the second half of the back to back
4: exactly patrick and the one way to bet on these back-to-back teams is if they're kind of contrarian with a line move in their favor like if it seems kind of fishy like it kind of makes sense that uh or in a way i guess it doesn't but it's kind of weird like the public's on the lakers yet the lines going to okc and lakers played yesterday so that kind of makes sense it's those weird things where like Maybe you lose the previous night, but yet you're uh, a favorite with the line going further in your favor. It's really right. based on these line moves where these back-to-back spots tend to be profitable. Now,
2: Cleveland two nights ago, Josh, as you know, at home pummeled the Bulls. Now, the Bulls were banged up, so it's important to note DeRozan wasn't playing. But they've got a line move in their favor here as Cleveland travels to Minnesota tonight. Minnesota, I got Minnesota opening one, Josh. You may have it differently. And now I've got Cleveland laying a point on the road at Minnesota.
4: You're exactly right, Patrick. This is a money line play for me on the Cavs. And quietly, the Cavaliers, like, they're only 14 and 12, but fun team to watch, too.
2: Fun team to watch.
4: And they still, you know, you lose Sexton, but you got a lot of these young guys who are playing well. Believe it or not, they're 25-1 and one against the spread. The Cavs have been covering a ton of numbers. This is a story that I don't think is getting enough publicity here with the Cavs doing so well. They're actually, uh, if you look at them, ATS on the road, 10-2-1. And, and I like this play on the money line. You have a line move toward the Cavs. They open getting a point, as you mentioned, Patrick. They're now flipped to minus one or minus one and a half. You do have an injury to D'Angelo Russell. He's not going to play tonight. So with a line move, a team playing well, I'll go money line here. I hate to see them win by one and you push your bet. So if you can get around a minus 110, minus 115, I'd be looking at the Cavs on the money line tonight.
1: Josh, you know me. I uh, implemented a rule in which I don't bet the NBA until after Christmas. I I just think (laughs) the NBA changes. There's different stages of the NBA. There's the preseason certainly right now. And then there's after Christmas and then the gear up for the playoffs, right? But uh, you highlighted to me on our show about some trends, uh, unders – uh, those situations, any other uh, gambling angles or trends that you can identify or have identified uh, lately?
4: Yeah, so I think really with the totals, Pritch, we've seen a huge adjustment here. You and I were doing shows, and Patrick, we were talking on Lombardi line where early on, unders were just crushing yeah. it. And again, yeah. that was really tied to Adam Silver telling the referees, hey, let's stop calling these you know cheap little fouls, getting guys to the line. Let's get back to you know a little bit more old school NBA. You saw free throws go way down, and unders for the first month of the season were around 62%. But, of course, everything in betting, it changes. It's fluid. And we've seen a lot of regression to overs. If you actually look at just the month of December, since December 1st up until now, the over is actually 36 and 24, 60% overall. So kind of targeting overs, to me, the value is like if you open around 210, you get up to like 211, it's those little small moves around the low 210s. If you bet the over, and I like to layer in like, you know, over refs or you look at some ESPN Hollinger stuff, good Good, fast paced teams, good, good tempo, that sort of thing. That's really where I've been looking. It's those low totals that rise
2: that I've been hitting with uh, a lot of overs here recently. So I have an admission to you because I lied to you. So last (laughs) night you and I were texting and I hated what you texted me. So I just completely ignored it and I faded your B. So uh, (laughs) your Boston Bruins are headed through Canada two nights ago shootout. So I assumed they'd be tired, headed to Edmonton, Edmonton rested. And last night, a winner, a three, two winner for your bees. You texted me kind of like the bees in the matchup. I texted a friend, Josh is an idiot. I'm fading him and you won. (laughs) So I want to just say, no, I'm just playing. I want to say though, congratulations on your bees. That was a great win last night. And by the way, stayed under, I know a lot of people were on the over six. You see it stayed under the posted total tonight. You got the caps hosting Pittsburgh. I appreciate that, Patrick.
4: And, yeah, that was kind of one of those weird moves where if you watch a team a lot, they, they really weren't sharp and they didn't match a lot of systems. I bet a lot of favorites in hockey. Chalk does pretty well compared to other sports. Um, but it was kind of one of those intuition plays where the bees win these games when you kind of you know totally dismiss them. Yeah. So that was the reason, Patrick. It wasn't really a day to play. <laughs> I, but, got uh, I, I got you. I like you. the Caps tonight, guys. See if we can uh, I can get two of my best buddies here to sweat the Caps with me. Uh, you open around minus 130 with the Caps. You've been steamed up to around minus wow. 145. This is kind of a big move toward Washington. And one thing in the NHL that's done very well, you look at these home favorites, very simple. A lot of people think, you know, home favorites in hockey, maybe they do well because the crowd's behind them. It's really getting the last ice change where if you're a good coach and you're expected to win, you can mix and match. And if you see that top line going out for the opposing team, you put on your best checking line and your best two defensemen. That's really the angle. If you look at these home favorites this year, 168 and 90, 65%. A return on investment around 5%, pretty good. So that would match with Washington. Uh, And you also look at Washington, 12 and six is a favorite, nine, one and four at home. And the Pittsburgh Penguins just lost uh, Jake Gunsel, one of the really best young players. So you're missing him. Line move to the Caps. They're good at home. Good as a favorite. I'll be sweating the Caps tonight. Maybe I can convince you two
1: to join me. I was going to say, do not sleep on a Josh Applebaum text about hockey. <laughs> don't. Well, he, we, <laughs> we, just we don't.
2: Ju- we just, what do we text? We text <laughs> We text the, what's the, yeah, uh, the emojis? Yeah, the, the sirens. Mo- yeah. Yeah, the course. emojis. By the way, 28 fourth quarter points absolutely crushed that trend of the primetime unders cashing, right, last night my goodness, that fourth quarter was wild, Josh.
4: It really was. And I was saying, guys, you know, and I'm uh, I'm, I'm the idiot on the Steelers, plus three and a half last night, and you Me dismissed too. that bet and say it's got no shot. But Pritchett and Patrick, when Ben Roethlisberger is going down the field and he's marching down, my heart is pumping. I'm saying, hey, we can get a backdoor cover here. Even when you lose, you got to love the thrill of betting. But uh, yeah, good public bet uh, for just the public in general. Favorite one over hit. And it's been a dog and under year, so uh, you
2: tip your cap there. So when you go monochromatic with the blue on blue uh, look, (laughs) is that at least your fiancé dressing you, or did you do that yourself? Well, Patrick, I work from home.
4: She goes to work, so uh, you know she dresses me on the weekends. We do Lombardi lines. I'm left to my own devices. This is just what's clean and whatever you know. I can I look decently presentable. So
2: you call this work? We're lucky to do this. This ain't work, Josh. Thank you very much. Market Insights is the pod. Veasan. slash podcast. It's up. Make sure you go check it out. Everything Guide to Sports Betting's the book. He is an author. Hook him up during the Christmas season, the holiday season, and Happy Hanukkah to you, Josh, as well.
4: Appreciate it, guys. You're the best, and, and I'm serious, Patrick. I'm get Pritch a granola bar. We got to run this thing back.
2: To <laughs> I can't <laughs> afford it. He, he's gonna. He won last night. He can. He can get it himself. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Okay, Thanks, we're gonna, we've got more. Uh, you and Josh are going to be up coming up yes, here on Bsin and coming up just a little bit. Outfit change. Uh, you're going to change? Well, no, Josh. You you head into we'll... the phone booth and come out like Superman, <laughs> Pritch. No, we, not me. we continue with the NFL next here on the Lombardi Line. It's presented by BetMGM. It's Bsin, the Sports Betting Network.
3: If you dare.
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Lombardi Line on BeastN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi.
0: Now once again here's patrick maher
2: okay become a weekend warrior at betmgm's king of the weekend this is really cool because it's free for anybody over at betmgm here's what you're going to do you're going to log into your account at betmgm and find the king of the weekend contest in the promo section and when you do pick the six teams you think will score the most points from the selected games uh, if you pick all six you could win fifty thousand dollars but a thousand dollars will go to the top entry each week and again plus a hundred hundreds of dollars handed out to those uh who come close to the perfect score so go to the account right up there betmgm look for king of the weekend as far as the promo and you're good to go it's free uh, only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. One eight hundred Gambler. If you do have an issue, okay, we got you back here on the Lombardi line on a Friday. Hope you're doing well. Michael Lombardi will be back tomorrow. He's Mike Pritchard. I'm Patrick Maher. News coming in. Matt Santos just passed along. So Davis Mills. David Coley said Davis Mills is going to be under center for Houston. The two and ten Texans and the Seahawks sit at four and eight. I mean, if this is mm-hmm. if you want to call whatever you, Michael says, Pritchard's uh, excuse me, Custer's last stand. Whatever you want to call it. For Seattle. They're spiraling spiraling here, Pritch, and we've got a a 7.5 opener. Now Mills listed as the starter for the Texans. This number's 8.5 mostly everywhere. I actually see a book at 9.5, but I'll give you 8.5 with Seattle laying it on the road. Yeah, how
1: about this? I mean, Cully, the coach there in Houston, they cut a player, a really good player. Mm -hmm. um, Cunningham, I believe. Zach Cunningham. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now they benched Tyrod Taylor you, you got to understand, when you have all these veterans in this locker room, uh, and maybe this is their last opportunity, they're hanging on because yeah. nobody else wants them, and now they landed in Houston. If you're a head coach, how do you manage that? How do you keep that locker room with all these veterans, right? And it's, they're not a bunch of young players. The only young player really is, is, is the quarterback. Uh, so I think as a coach, you try to control what you can control. Now, are you going to win this way? No, we're not. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're going to get the buy-in either from a lot of guys in this locker room. That's why I'm not even touching this game. Because what, <laughs> um, I mean, the
2: expectations
1: for Seattle coming at this game, who knows at this point? Yeah, I mean, we're hearing Russell say all the right things now, but it's, it, it's leading towards the separation between him and Carroll. Then you have the dynamic in that locker room where, you know, are you all on the same page and Russell and Metcalf, what's going on there? So just too many variables and too many questions for me not even to dive into this game, to even want to bet it.
2: I think Pete's going to show up in his Birkenstocks, chopping that gum. I mean, he's just key. He, he's so it's a weird vibe with Seattle right now. You mentioned, especially with the ownership group yeah. and Paul Allen's sister running it. It's mm-hmm. almost like Schneider and, and, and Pete have full say of what's happening. There It would be fascinating off season. Now, it's not the greatest show on turf in Houston. They're scoring a league worst thirteen and a half points per sure. game this season. And while Detroit has a worse record, I, I think most would agree the worst team in football. I mean, because you expected this Houston team to be bad. They've scored under ten points, Pritch, in half the games this year. Six losses by fifteen points or more. They've lost by twenty six, twenty eight, thirty one, and forty.
1: It's a bad football team. Oh, absolutely. The
2: expectations were for it to be for this team to absolutely. be absolutely. I mean, well.
1: that's why Cully's there. To be honest with you, they keep them. This poor. I mean, uh, <laughs> and that's 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 that sounds harsh, but it's reality in the National Football League, really. I mean, I, I there's a lot of coaches or coaching candidates that wouldn't touch this job. Think about that. Yeah. Like, no, I, I'm not. So he'll get a free pass this year, Coley. Ah, I, I so, okay. Here's a question I have if he gets a pass, why? Because if they are in a rebuild, who wants to stick around yeah. during this rebuild with that guy who's not going to be there for the finished product anyway? Well, Bill O'Brien literally threw gasoline all mm-hmm. over
2: the Houston Texans organization, threw a match over his shoulder on the way out. The way that he was handling picks and the way that he was trade. I mean, it, it was almost like dismantling the, pro- the program. So uh, Coley takes over a situation where it's completely untenable. Mm-hmm. You know? it,
1: is. it is, and it's not ideal at all. And, and I think anybody who wants to go through a rebuild, you want – to be a part of that if you are a coach and if you understand that i mean if you're a, a top line coach if you're somebody that's looking for this next job i mean do you really want to be in the middle of that rebuild houston's just a mess uh that's why well, I'm not but even also touch Se- it.
2: seattle's covered twice this year mm-hmm. Seattle is covered twice this year it was remember jacksonville and then i think it was the opener against indianapolis i mean they have been we it's this it's just, just been really really uh, they Excuse me, six and six ATS. I got, I got bad information. But this is a Seattle team where, unlike Houston, right, the
1: expectations were sky high for Seattle this oh, year. Oh, of course they were. Uh, coming off a playoff appearance, and uh, okay, even though Russell said the comments he said in the off season, you okay, it's Seattle It's Russell Wilson. Uh, he's only missed a playoff one time in his career. Hell, he has not had a losing season. Yeah. Uh, and if there's anything that Russell might be fighting for, it's that, you know, to avoid a losing season in his career. Do you? If you're a teammate of Russ,
2: does the is it authentic or does it seem a little plastic?
1: Uh, it's I know plastic. you're not a
2: teammate, but is yeah, no, the it's, vibe it, you get because yeah. you talk to people. It's little... Yeah,
1: it's plastic because I, you know, identifying with certain guys is one thing. Uh, I not identifying with the key guy, and my estimation is DK Metcalf. Hmm. How are you not on the same page with that beast of an athlete on the field? Right. Uh, I mean that that is I can't understand that one at all. Uh, but there's other forces at play, too, certainly. I mean, Russell's trying to distinguish himself in a category like a Brady, like an Aaron Rodgers, and he doesn't have an MVP. I mean, there's a lot of forces that are driving Russell away from what made him successful in the first place.
2: Are oh, you're saying Sierra.
1: Well, no, I'm not, I'm <laughs> no, not, I'm I'm
2: not. Sorry. No, you walked into that. She can be, <laughs> sure. I, I would like to say very much right now, mm-hmm. like Sierra can be the problem. She could be the reason I get fired from visa <laughs> Anywho, from two teams that don't have playoff aspirations to two teams that obviously do that San Francisco and Seattle, uh, Pritch, uh, excuse me, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So This is a fascinating game. San Francisco at Cincy open, Cincy laying a point. We've seen that go through zero. We've got officially two with the 49ers laying it. I'm seeing a bunch of one and a halves out there, but we have seen this number go through zero. San Francisco's way, of course, got the 49ers six and six and the Bengals sitting seven and five.
1: Yeah, we have the Bengals with two key injuries too. I mean, the health of their center uh, and the right tackle is going to be key. Uh, And so if you don't have your center on an offensive line that, Let's face it, we thought the Bengals were going to address their offensive line issues in a draft. They drafted Chase instead. So the offensive line is not that deep. And we saw that play out against the Chargers last week. Now, the 49ers are missing key players this week of practice as well. Uh, when you look at Samuel uh, and Elijah Mitchell, too. So we'll have to look at the health of those two guys. Because Garoppolo, to me, is not a guy that has the power. Yeah. to put a team on his shoulders not yeah. the ability the ability is different the power because that team that franchise took the power away from them when they drafted trey lance yeah i'm like if you really, odd message yeah right? odd message right there so uh, okay now garoppolo we need you to save our day we need you to save our season in terms of making the playoffs so, and Garoppolo's is like well wait a minute I thought you drafted a different savior here because I'm looking for the exit door. And when you have those forces as a player, it it conflicts with you. It really does. Now, from a focus standpoint, maybe Garoppolo can get it together, but I I can't rely on that as a better. Uh, And then Burrow. He needs a running game, Mixon, the health there, got to keep an eye on that, but that offensive line, if they don't have a running game to help out Burrow, it gets really, really difficult for him, even though he's a prolific passer, though.
2: Burrow is a starter, eight and two ATS coming off a loss. Mm-hmm. That's a spot. That was a wild game at home against the yeah. a- but again, I point out they were at home because they stayed home waiting for San Francisco to come to them. San Francisco has been a different team since Trent Williams and Kittle came back, mm-hmm. since those two got healthy. Now, there are question marks, and Debo's having a hell of a year. Debo. Samuel is a question mark and so is Elijah Mitchell
1: in this one right I think Garoppolo needs those guys though Patrick uh hopefully I can go for them I mean I'll take another look at this game if I get word or if there's an indication that those guys are going to be available uh for the 49ers Garoppolo averaged 10 yards per throw and 15 per completion
2: against Seattle but Cincinnati's defense is actually pretty good the it, it's it's interesting as well they're one and four ATS in their five home games this year, so they performed better on the road. Since Cincinnati's a team that I've been having a hard time kind of.
1: Figuring, You right. know what I mean? They had everything in their favor, too. A rhythm for the team. For sure. Me. Three home games. They they take care of the first one. And then the way that they started that game against the Chargers, can't explain that one. Yeah. So, looking uh, for a bounce back uh, here for the Bengals. But, again, it depends on the health of two guys, two key guys, the right tackle and the center for the Bengals. And then also on the other side for the 49ers, Samuel and uh, Elijah Mitchell. Two over trends,
2: Pritch over five and one, the last six is favorites. That's where San Francisco stands right now. And for the Bengals, the over is five and one in their last six game. I mean, obviously an over with the Chargers in town last week. Let me give you a total on this one. Uh, the total open 47
1: and a half jumped up to 49. Mm-hmm. How this about matchup. that? Yeah. I mean, I, like I said before, I, I think the Bengals need their rushing attack. Uh, Because Mixon, it's not really about Joe Burrow. It's more about Mixon and his ability not only to run the football, but catch the ball at the backfield. He's really good. But then the matchups that you can create on the outside with the receiving core. And it's a nice receiving core that they have in Cincinnati. But if you're asking Burrow to drop back repeatedly, that's going to be a challenge for him right now, especially with that pinky injury as well. Fake gun to head right now. Would you you lay the two with San Francisco or would you take Uh, it? Right now. I, I would lean that way. Absolutely. Laying I would it. lean that way. Yeah they're, well. yeah, they're playing well. Yeah. playing. But it's, it's the question mark with Garoppolo and then those key injuries, too, on the side of the ball. It was a pleasure. My pleasure. Now, I'm not going to stick around to work with you in an hour. Okay. Because you got things to do? Or?
2: Eh, just, I'm kind of a big deal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a lot. No, Pritch, thank you so much. It was no, a this pleasure to awesome. work with you. That's my pleasure. I'm Patrick Maher. Coming up next, Odds On, right here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network.